Nächsten. Ah. Huh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Stranger Things. Today we are covering Season 4, Episode 8, titled Chapter 8, Papa. Finally, an episode all about Jeff Allen. I know he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting and they finally <laughs> dedicated an entire episode to him so that, no, that's just like a, an inside joke just for Rima and other people that are listening certain people that are listening and there's a bunch of other listeners gonna be like I have no idea what that means is that we had our get together in Hershey uh, last year yeah like back in oh October God, it was wasn't it Jeez. yeah and uh because Jeff Allen, part of kind of our group and, and, and podcasting stuff, because we have the same last name and he's not older than me enough to like actually be my father. We're not that far <laughs> apart, but it's just, but he is a little bit older than me to where like, it just became a running joke where I would just be like, Papa. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, you know, you'll have the same last name. Y'all related. And then it's like, yes, he's my father. And it just became a running joke. So <laughs> We like our inside jokes. <laughs> Yes. So I immediately yeah. seeing the episode title was like Papa. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hello, Jeff, if you're listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking about the show's Papa, you know, you and I were just chatting right before uh, we hit record here for tonight about. You know, we just wrapped up our second watch and was get, gathering our notes and both feeling, I think, a lot of emotion. There was a lot of emotion mm -hmm. in this episode and yeah. it was a lot. I, I, I just had a Kleenex. My nose is running. If I start getting a little sniffly, it's because my nose is still running uh, from, you know, some tears and emotion that were happening uh, prior to. What do you think about this week's episode this week? Yeah, um, I mean, there's some of the greatest or I say great one of that I can definitely think of we'll talk about this just such a great action shot and sequence that was really cool and they're really pulling a lot of things together where we're winding down I mean yeah it feels like yeah next episode's definitely a finale we've got everything built up to where we need to go but yeah then a lot of important character things that were very emotional um you know it was more, it's funny, it was more emotional for me as I'm typing my notes. Like, I'd watch the scene and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy. Or, you know, like, that. that's impactful. But, like, I was fine. And then I'd pause the show and I'd start, like, typing my thoughts on it. And then by the time I'm done with the note, I'm like, and, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's more my thoughts that would hit me where I'd be like, oh, God, that is pretty emotional, huh? No, why'd I have to break it down? <laughs> right? It's like, it, it, it just starts to really sink in right when you're mm -hmm. it's like i don't know if it's the the method of like actually typing it out or, or or like your thoughts coming out into your notes as you're um compiling everything together but yeah then it really starts to kind of sink in like oh shit you know this is it's getting pretty serious um to see where we are uh so i i agree with you yeah a lot of tear wiping nose nose wiping for me <laughs> earlier too. I thought it was a really good episode myself. I I was really pleased with it. Like you said, had some really great 
uh, action, really, really a lot of emotion. Um, I mean, my heart is just, oh gosh, I, I can't even explain it. Um, I don't, and I'm just all these feelings of dread as well. Extreme mm-hmm. feelings of dread <laughs> um, going into the finale. I mean, here we are with the penultimate and these last two episodes. And and we're only like a week behind everyone else. I know everyone, yeah. lot, lots of other folks, except for the ones, you know, our, our listeners who stay, stick with us on our schedule. Most people have already watched the finale. Um, so we're not as far behind as what we used to be. That's Yeah, we're doing pretty feeling. good. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. Uh, like you said, this just really gears us up for that finale. Um, you know, we'll that be ready to watch two that two and a half hour two. finale <sighs> marathon. I'm, I'm already which... so stoked. I'm like, we're gonna get done recording here, and then I'm going to the grocery store first. I got to grab a few things, but I'm like, snacks, I'm some coffee, and some ice cream, and I'm just gonna settle in and just experience whatever they have for me. And Maybe I'm like tissue I'm, might want to pick up some, right. Tissue. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any or something uh, to uh, wipe, wipe, wipe the tears. I know I'm going to need that. Yeah. Two and a half hours. That's uh, I, I knew. I, I think we knew that when we, when they released the run times uh, right before the season yeah. uh, was released, um, which means we're going to have a four hour podcast, right? <laughs> what that means. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about this. A little bit after we went off air, which I mean, it's recorded, whatever. But you know, when we stopped recording last week, and then we were talking about that a little bit, we we're like, "Oh God!" I was like, "We're gonna do episode eight this next week," and then it's like, and then the finale with how long it is, it's like, "God, how long is the podcast gonna be?" And like, are we gonna? Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm gonna have to change up how I I prep, and because I need more time than I usually need, I was like, "Man, this is gonna be." Something else. I'm going to be different. Yeah, a whole different kind of like feel going into it. So I'm going to have to do a yeah. lot more prep and a lot more, a lot more notes. And hopefully we don't go like five or six hours on recording. I don't think so. But man. I hope not. I'm going to, it's it's going to be up to me, I, I think. And not that I'm the best at it. I'm the one that that, that gets off into tangents and, and I think ups our runtime uh, most often. Uh, but I'm going to try to do my best at try and keep us on task so uh so we don't have that i don't know if anyone wants to really listen to that long of a podcast we we might need a potty break in between there we're gonna have to like call time (laughs) and take a bathroom break and come back and reconvene um (laughs) yeah we'll 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 try not to do that but yeah i mean there's gonna obviously be a lot to cover but anyway yeah Let's get back to this week's episode. See, there I am. I'm going to practice. I'm going to get us back on track. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead. Um, so we both are, are pretty much on the same page here as far as our feelings about this episode. So let's go ahead and jump into our top five points here. Um, do you want to go first this week? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Either way. <laughs> okay i think did you go first last week if you went first last week i'll go this week and then you can have the finale week i th- I, th- I think i did okay. start it last week did i i don't remember okay. well, i'll so. go ahead and start why <laughs> you not go for it. you know it doesn't even matter we're not keeping score here or anything uh we're just but i'll just jump into it and i because i was talking about you know this like feeling of dread and all of this emotion watching this last episode i want to talk about where that's come from at least part of where it's come from for me. And that are is grammar is not my friend today. Um, death flags everywhere. 
mm-hmm. um, is my first point. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to start right off and give like a broad overview of where all of this is coming from uh, for me and what we've seen in this episode um, and what I mean by death flags. There's, it feels like a lot of goodbyes in this episode. Um, there were a mm-hmm. lot in, in this episode. I feel like more than what we've normally seen. Uh, we have uh, Eddie's moment with Dustin, you know, when, when they're kind of playing around as they're building those shields. And uh-huh. uh, he they have that little back and forth, him and Dustin kind of play fighting. No wedgie, no wedgie. And, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie just grabs him with this big grin on his face and tells Dustin, never change. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Um, I'm really scared for Eddie. You know, I, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get a death or multiple maybe deaths mm-hmm. in the finale. Uh, I feel like we have to. We, we've not had, I know we had Billy last season. So I know that they will kill people, uh, Duffer Brothers, I mean, in this series. But mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't had a whole lot of deaths. I feel like we're probably going to get at least one, if not a couple. And I'm really scared one of them might be Eddie. Uh, he's really, really grown on me. And I really loved that yeah. moment with him and Dustin. And I thought, yep, uh, he's dead. That's all I can think. <laughs> he's dead mm-hmm. in this moment. Um, we had Steve. Oh, my God. Oh, the Steve, Steve ones are, like, the hardest for me. <laughs> I'm like, conversations with Nancy, conversations with Robin, just his own thinking about his life and what could have been or would be. And I'm like, no, Thinking stop. The future, do stop. <laughs> Yeah, stop talking about the future. Stop it. Because, yeah, we've got Steve talking about what he wants in the future. Huge death flag. Wanting six kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's got a death wish. I don't know. That's a, a, a lot to me. But he's it's it's funny that he says that because it's like he's already got six kids. He's got Dustin, Lucas, Max, Elle, and Erica. And maybe Will if he gets back into the group. I feel like we haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of interaction with Steve and Will. Um, and Eddie was also talking about, uh, he had the moment with Dustin, but also talking about Eddie. He had the scene, uh, where he was talking about not wanting to follow in his father's footsteps, you know, kind of showing uh-huh. how, you know, he had like his own growth and had kind of wanted to be better. And like, now he's not going to really get that chance. I feel like Eddie, I know he has a little bit of a juvenile delinquent, it seems background, um, but he's got a big heart, you know, he wants yeah. to be a good person and he didn't want to follow in his father's footsteps and carry out um, his um, father's name, the Munson name. Um, Erica, in her own way, telling her brother Lucas that she loves him, you know, yeah. in, in their own way. They have like a little bit of a a, a moment there. Um, yeah. There's also Lucas and Max have their heart to heart, you know, uh, Max says that, you know, she's going to protect herself from Vecna and her happiest memory, which also happens to include Lucas. Um, I feel like there could be some more, but those are the ones that really stand out to me. Oh, sorry. Another, the bigger goodbye, like the real goodbye, of course, was with Brenner and Eleven. You know, that was a literal goodbye. But I feel like so many of these moments are kind of foreshadowing. And you mentioned the um, Steve and um, Robin moment as well Mm -hmm. you know she has this huge sense of dread like they're not gonna be able to pull it off this time you know like they made it out of like season three and what happened there but like they're not gonna make it this time and i'm just like oh god i just this huge sense of dread and just 
and just such touching moments between all of them. I was crying during all those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, those were really hard. Um, so yeah, that's where when it kind of started off is just when it really start on a really positive spin on this episode. Right. About this. <laughs> 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 oh, but I don't know. Did those stand out to you as well? Oh yeah, watching? for sure. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Like a lot of the little ones, like you mentioned, I think, yeah, the one that I really mentioned was the one that gave me the the biggest like sinking feeling was that Robin and Steve, where it's just like you know I don't think we're gonna make it out, but but you know almost in a way I mean she doesn't say this, but I, I you know <laughs> in, in other words she's just like you know I guess you know there's no other ragtag group of weirdos I'd rather do this with, so you know we. <laughs> We try, you know, it's like, we're going to, we're going to do it or die trying is basically what that, that little conversation was. And it's, it does, it makes me scared. I'm like, I don't think, I think with all of these things that are being planted and talked about our, our team here that they've had this plan put together to go after Vecna, they're not all coming back. And I know I am terrified for that. I am too. I, I'm I just don't have good, a good feeling about any of it. Uh, I and I don't want to lose anyone. You know, I don't want to lose. I, I love everyone. I love every single one of those characters, whether we've seen a lot of them or not, a lot of screen time or not. I I love them all, and it's going to break my heart to lose any of them. So I'm, I'm a little scared to go into the finale and actually see what happens and have to actually live through it. I think I just want to maybe live in denial. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Oh, I don't want to face Actually, it. what's going to happen is neither of us is actually going to watch the finale. We're too full of dread with it. And so next week, we'll just we'll come and record a podcast on an episode that we pretend we watch. We're like, we're just our own version of it. We'll like, and then own. everyone was yes. so happy and Vecna had a heart attack yeah. and yeah. <laughs> nobody even had to do unicorns. anything. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot better than have to watch any of my favorite characters um, die because it was heavy. So heavy. I mean, you know, they warned us it was going to be dark and it has been. I mean, it's been a very dark, Mm -hmm. very scary season, but this has been super heavy. Um, So kudos to to the writers for really pulling the heart, you know, out of out of everyone. I mean, and everyone's giving such amazing performances. I mean, I feel like they, it wouldn't be as touching if if I didn't feel that connection. You know, um, yeah. you can t- you can tell when someone isn't quite able to pull off that performance with you know the the crying or the emotion. You know, uh, I wouldn't feel that way if if they weren't able to convey that. Uh, so I mean, kudos to those all the actors you know that can yeah. emote all of that on the screen. Wow. So yeah, and the the writing of those characters by by yes. the Zuffer brothers and and. Everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, characters we've seen since the first two seasons that we've been around longer, whether, you know, characters like Steve and Nancy and, and Max came in in season two. And, you know, we're attached to those. But even characters that are new to this season or came in in season three, you know, Robin and Eddie, that are characters like we haven't seen them a whole lot because these are not a lot of episodes per season. So if you think about it, yeah. if they came in in four, three or four, like we haven't had a lot of episodes with them, but still we're like so connected and terrified for the fate of those characters. You're so right. Well, that was my first uh, point there. What is your number five? All right. Um, it's kind of a weird, I was like, I'm just going to throw together some random thoughts. Uh, I mean, they're all connected like to it. one 
is it's about 11. I want to talk about 11, but it's kind of weird because okay. I was like, but I don't want to talk about her in specifics to other characters and things that I want to talk about later. So it's more okay, of just like yeah. some good 11 moments. Um, and just kind of notes and thoughts about some of the stuff that she goes through or, or you know, does in this episode. Um, you know, we get like the throwback of, again, just the aftermath of what happened in the ha- lab, which now we've gotten the full picture of what happened with Vecna slash Henry slash one um, and, and, and dealing with that. And so we see the power that it took for her to do that and to, you know, defeat, banish Henry, whatever. It's like, yeah, that's what knocked her out for a bit. And then she went into a coma for a while and then came back. And she, that's why she lost these memories. It's why she forgot all about all these things that happened and even reliving them through the Nina project. I mean, they have to resuscitate her you know, through defibrillation to even like get her to wake back up after reliving it. Um, Cause that also does a number on her. And so we see why all of that, you know, was as a big of a deal as it was and why she forgot everything and how, how traumatic those memories are to her. And, and then it makes me wonder, uh, I don't have any answer for this, but just something to ponder. At least I was like with, with, you know, Brenner walking in and that whole, what did you do line that his keep kept replaying over this whole season. Yeah. I was like, I guess we're not going to ever really be fully sure what the reason was that he asked that. Cause he's dead now. I don't think we're going to get more flashbacks of him. Like, and here's why I asked that. But I was, I was trying to think about like what exactly he was asking. And it could have been a couple of things. It's like the surface level. Does he think 11 killed the other kids at first is like the, his first initial thing. Or had he seen, footage and then walked into the room i don't know how the timing all you know works out on that how long it had been since he woke up from being knocked out so is his what did you do in reference to did you kill these kids or what did you do you gave one his powers back like does he realize that she did that in that moment or what did you do there's a portal in the wall to another dimension um (laughs) what is that all about (laughs) you know like there's a couple of different things it could have been and i was like I still don't have an answer to exactly what he was asking her. You know, now that you say that, I thought I thought I knew the answer. <laughs> and I, I, I I'm not saying that I do, but now that now that you're saying that and we're talking about it, I I don't know that either. I mean, he he wakes up after being uh, you know, kind of knocked out and sees the carnage that has happened there at the lab and 11 is the last one standing. So it does look like she's responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a very indirect way, she kind of is. Um, yeah. But I mean, she's also a, was also a child, so you can't like blame her. Uh, and yeah, I don't think he would have, he would have known at that moment when he walks in because I mean, Henry's not there. He can't see that, but I think he finds that out later. I think he is wondering like, what did you do? Like, did you mm-hmm. could you have possibly done this because i thought oh he's asking the question what did you do meaning freeing henry basically yeah. removing that device from his neck and you know what what was suppressing his powers and his ability to be his full self um but yeah he wouldn't have had time to review that and how would he know so i guess it has to be like my god what did you do mm-hmm. but I don't know that. 
And yeah, I don't know that yeah. we'll know the answer to that. I'm just, it's, it's speculation on my part, just based on the timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like a little random thing that I was like, yeah, that's now that like we've seen that whole arc and that whole story and filled in all the gaps. I'm like, I still don't really know. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Just something to ponder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, just a ponder. couple of little notes on 11. Of course, you know, she is revived, wakes back up. It was like, just, are her powers back? Well, I don't know. Let's ask Nina, who just went on a little float. Um, <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, I think cool. we're – That was really cool. Yeah, but, so I think we're good there. And then she's just kind of thrown right back into everything uh, with Owens and Brenner telling her – He's like, all right, so your powers are back and you remember everything. So here's the deal. Remember that person that you thought you killed or banished or got rid of? He's back and he's killing all these people in Hawkins and your friends are in terrible danger. Okay, just throw like wait, all that wait. on her. Yeah, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I mean, she's rightfully terrified for all of her friends and mm-hmm. wants to go to them immediately, even after she goes like, remote traveling, as Dustin calls it. I didn't know what to call it at first, and I was like, oh, I, I like that. Um, and Owen keeps telling her over and over, you know, we're not going to let anything happen to your friends. I'll see to it personally that your friends are safe. And I'm like. How? <laughs> what ex- what exactly is your plan? How are you capable of doing that? Um, and I think Eleven's in that same mindset. She's like, you know, it's a nice sentiment, but I'm not I'm not buying it. Like, I need to be there because I know what they're up against, and they think they know what they're up against, but they're they're not fully sure what he's capable yeah. of. How do you protect anyone from someone like Henry? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she does that remote traveling, which is kind of fun. As she's they're like talking about her, like when she remote travels and we know her weakness about me <laughs> and she's standing there watching like, oh, thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> just like the old days kind of, when she's, right? um, you know, kind of pop in and see what someone was up to. Yeah, yeah. that was funny. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. But then, yeah, a lot of the notes about her have to deal with uh, Brenner and things that I want to save till later. So really, the only other notes I have on her just to talk about some cool moments is when I was mentioning like the one action sequence that I thought was like maybe the coolest thing we've seen on this show in a long time is 11 yeah. bringing down that helicopter. That was just so cool. So an awesome sequence. Awesome. You know, she's standing out there and then the, the guy with the gun gets sidetracked with the pizza van rolling through the desert. And when he comes back to look for her, she's gone. And that has, he's trying to find her. And then when he does get her back in the scope, she's standing there arm out ready to just, F some stuff up, right? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it was cool, and I think a lot of it was practical. It looked like I'm seeing you know, those blades coming down and chopping up those uh, jeeps, and you know <laughs> the, the Humvees, whatever that were sitting there. Like I was like, I think they really dropped a helicopter on some de- like Humvees out there because it looked real. Uh, it looked like some really really cool, just like action movie stunt effects that they went for, and. And then shooting it to where it looks like she's a lot closer than it is. And then it comes back. It's like, yeah, you can't have, whether it's Millie or even a stunt person, you can't have them that close to that explosion. But but it was right. such a cool shot, a cool thing. And then, of course, Mike and Will showing up and reuniting with her right after that. I'm like, oh, I love it. Love some good reunions. We need them. Yes. So happy we're, we're getting some of those mini reunions. And uh, I, I hope I hope we get everyone together in the finale mm-hmm. um but yeah it's good to see uh, again more tears yeah i don't know about um the helicopter scene i'm i'm hoping that once 
we've seen the finale and I can actually read some news and right. read some read some things on the um, on the series. Maybe they'll maybe they'll say that because it was really good. I mean, I know CGI can be really well done and look pretty close to being real, but that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and looked there's... looked very real, like more of a practical effect. But yeah, if they actually took mm-hmm. down a real helicopter, that that would be something. Yeah, I'm gonna check out <clears throat> after we're done watching everything. I think uh, it's on uh, YouTube. I think the channel is still watching Netflix, but it's an official Netflix channel. And I just found out about them, but they do like a lot of after show, like kind of like Talking Dead or whatever. Like it's like an hour long. But they kind of cover the whole season with the cast of the show and stuff. And like the first time I knew about it is because I watched one for Umbrella Academy season three after I finished watching it. Um, really? And then watched the little like interview and thing and, you know, breaking down certain scenes and talking about stuff with some of the cast. So I was like, and I saw that there is one for Stranger Things volume two. So I was like, oh, got to watch that <laughs> whenever I'm done Damn. watching this. Yes, I I didn't know. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I want to check that mm-hmm. out, too. I want to hear all the behind the scenes stuff yeah there's not gonna be enough time to prep at all for that (laughs) finale between watching the finale Uh, prepping for it reading up on the news and behind the scenes things oh i need a a a vacation (laughs) that's great i love that yeah l l really shined this episode so Mm -hmm. i love that you gave her some you know um shout outs there and her moments um well i want to give one of my own for my next point if you're if you're finished yeah with yours. We're good. okay perfect um so i'll just i'll jump into my number four uh highlighting another character that again i feel like just has not gotten enough attention and i get it. there's so much going on and we have such a big cast it's hard to focus on just one or two they have to kind of spread out the time but I want to talk about Will. Because uh, I'm going to keep talking about Will because I feel like yeah. no one's talking about Will enough. Uh, he's perfect. He's, it's, enough. He's, he's part of my number four as well. So oh, good. I can tie right good. into it. So we're good. Then absolutely. <laughs> feel free to chime in uh, wherever you, you know you have something to add. Well, we, we've talked uh, a couple of times in our uh, podcasts about that painting, you know, and, and thinking... Mm-hmm. God, what if something happens to Will and he never gets to show that painting? Or or what if Mike doesn't get to see it until after something happens to Will? Because again, I'm feeling this huge sense of dread. I feel everyone's in danger, you know? Um, right. You know, uh, and th- we know now that they're, sounds like they're, I don't know how the hell they're going to get there because like um, Jonathan pointed out, they're 2,000 miles away, but they're trying to find a way to get to Hawkins so Elle can, can get there to help uh, her friends and to help Hawkins. Um but I was really afraid that something was going to happen to Will. That's why I was like, oh, my gosh. And there's like this like foreshadowing thing surrounding Will, too, because of this freaking painting that he just keeps dragging around with him everywhere and yet hasn't shown to Mike. When we finally got to see it this episode and, you know, it's it's during this conversation that he has with with Mike in the back of the van. You know, Mike is still stressing, you know, about his relationship with Elle and thinking, you know, oh, she's not going to need me. You know, who am I to her? Like, she's important to me, but why would I be important to her? I'm just this dumb, you know, kid. You know, she showed up on my doorstep. It could have been anybody, you know. And, you know, Will is trying to kind of turn that around. Like, no, 
you know, that's that's not training. He's really trying to be. Will is like the best freaking friend ever. Like mm-hmm. he's so clearly, I feel. I, I still might be wrong. I don't know, but I still feel like he is trying to emote some feelings to Mike, and Mike doesn't pick up on that at all. But even though yeah, he so knows, oh, thanks, that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he knows, like Mike is into L. Mike isn't into Will, but and Will, even knowing that, is still trying to make Mike feel better about it. You know, like he's such mm-hmm. a good friend, and so he starts telling Mike. Uh, he says, "When you're different, sometimes you feel like a mistake, but." you make her feel like she's not a mistake at all. Like she's better for being different and that gives her the courage to fight on. And if she's mean to you or seems like she was pushing you away, it's probably because she's scared of losing you just like you were scared of losing her. And if she was going to lose you, I think she'd rather just get it over with like ripping off a bandaid. So yeah, Elle needs you, Mike. And she always will. Except he's not talking about I, <laughs> I, I have the exact same notes. I have his whole speech written down as well. And that thing. And I was like, and then in, I was like, I don't think he's talking about L, and neither does Jonathan. I think we, I, no. we get some Jonathan mm-hmm. kind of looking in the rear view and like picking up on certain key phrases and things his brother's saying. And he, we've seen the closeness of them, not necessarily as much this season, but we've seen that they're pretty close as brothers can be with that kind of age gap between them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he is close enough to his little brother to know. He knows as he's saying certain things. He's like, yeah. Yeah, like he just has that look like and I I don't think it's this like bad look. It is it, there is kind of a sadness in the way he's looking at it, but I, I don't think it's oh my brother's different and you know it's wrong for this or that. I think it's just like he's already it's just dreading because he's struggling. Yeah. What his brother is having to go through and knows what the world can do to somebody if that is what he's going through, you know? And I, I think it's just this <clears throat> his heart's breaking for Will, knowing that Will is in such a difficult place right now exactly yeah i i totally feel jonathan knows about will and i i mean i'm i don't think he i i think he worries about him only because you know it makes him different and the world is not nice to anyone that is different and mm-hmm. the world is not nice about how they treat people who are different and i think that's you know what what Jonathan worries about. And I absolutely do not believe that L really commissioned that painting. I think it was all mm-hmm. Will. I think, you know, Will was lying to Mike to give him an emotional boost, you know. And mm-hmm. it just highlights this whole, for me anyway, tragic situation with Will. And what makes it even worse is he accepts, you know, his feelings for Mike and that they're not reciprocated. You know, he, most of what we've seen with Will and Mike is Will playing like relationship counselor for Mike. And I mean, that's true friendship. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he's, you know, he's trying to make Mike feel better. He's trying to work out, you know, Mike's feelings for L when he, I believe has feelings for him himself, you know? And I, like I said, I feel like Will is just not getting talked about enough. Um, I feel like he's a, a real hero in this story. He's sacrificing himself emotionally, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, this pain that he's going through, you know, but yet he's still able to provide 
you know, what everyone else needs, you know, uh, emotionally, despite what he's going through. And Noah Schnapp just totally delivered. I mean, when he was having that talk with Mike and you can see the tears in his eyes as he's talking in that emotion. And then when he turns his face out the window and puts his hand over his mouth to like suppress his like mm-hmm. tears and his crying. Oh my, I just, I'm dying. I am dying watching this. Like that just pulls at my like mother mm-hmm. heartstrings. And I just want to grab that boy and just hug him and tell him that it's going to be okay. And that he is loved and you know for who he is and i'm going to start crying right now just thinking about it cuz my heart is breaking for that yeah. boy and that you know because you know because he knows that he's different i think he worries about being accepted and i think he even if mike didn't reciprocate his feelings he just wants to be accepted by mike like if he was accepted by mike for who he really was that would make everything okay you know that he could take on the world mm-hmm. and that he could face the world um as he who has who he really is if Mike yeah you know knew about it I him. think him really laying on how heavy again because I, I think what we're saying when he <laughs> he's substituting 11 and yeah. into his own feelings I think there but I think you know he's trying to build that up as you know she needs you and it's like kind of this comparison of like as much as you know I'm sorry if will has like also if you go through here and like replace will with 11 he's saying, you know, these past few months, I've been so lost without you. It's just so I, I'm so different from other people. And when you're different, sometimes you feel like a mistake. But you make me feel like I'm not a mistake at all. Like I'm better for being different. And that gives me the courage to fight on. If I was mean to you or seemed to like I was pushing you away, it's probably because I'm scared of losing you. And, you know, I always need you, Mike. I always will. You know, I think like if you replaced it that way, and I think he's trying to see if Mike can pick up on that. And it's mm-hmm. for that reason, he says, you know, in an earlier episode where he was just like, you know, sometimes when people see who you really are, then then they they run or they turn away from you or they abandon you. And I think that's what he's afraid of is if he if Will and again, it's not confirmed. You don't want to 100 percent assume things, but I feel like that is where no. we're going with Will to where mm-hmm. I think if that's what he's trying to say is that if he is gay or if he has certain feelings for Mike, it's this he wants to 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 tell him but he's also scared of losing him. He wants Mike to be somebody who can pick up on those things and understand him enough to where if he was to say something, if he was to come out that Mike wouldn't run from him, wouldn't turn from him. He wants to kind of, he's saying the things that he's saying and coding them in the way he is to try to give himself a sense of, you know, comfort that, okay, whenever that moment does come, I know that Mike still has my back and I don't know if he's sure if that's still the case or not, he's, and that's a lot to put on somebody too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <sighs> Pull myself together. Uh, <laughs> that was just, that was hard. That just, it broke my heart. Like I said, just, and, and, you know, you mentioned uh, too about Jonathan, you know, I, I think the, the glances, you know, in the mirror, you know, because it, he, his first glance was when he said that L commissioned the painting and he looked at him and I'm like, Oh, there's a fib, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and then he gives him another look. And I think that, I think that Jonathan knows, um, about Will. And I think he's just wanting him to kind of get there on his own 
and let him reveal it on his own and not ask him or say anything about it. Um, and I, I just, I think it speaks volumes about how Joyce has raised these boys. You know, mm-hmm. um, she is such a strong mother to them and the compassion that she has raised those two boys with. Um, I just, I love to see it, you know, so I got to give a, a shout out to Joyce too, for how she's raised those boys, you know, those, those, yeah. the brothers really love each other, the way that she has raised them to be kind and compassionate and accepting, you know, of, of people that are different, you know, she's always accepted Will and Jonathan both, you know, she talks about Will, you know, in the first season about how he's sensitive and he's different and he gets picked on and he gets bullied. And she even mentioned one time during season one that someone had called him, uh, you know, a, a, a slur, you know. Yeah, it's um, been a while since I've watched it, but I feel like it was like Hopper was even something like, oh, is he gay? Like, like almost like yeah. assuming he's like, oh, that's what you're trying to tell me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and it wasn't specifically what Hopper said. It was, I guess, yeah, but the, the bullies, because we know he got bullied at school. Uh, you know, I yeah. think the bullies had, had called him a slur. You know, and and she was just she's you know the way that she's embraced you know Will being different and you know being proud of him for his you know how he's been different. Um, so yeah. just a big kudos to Joyce too for the way that she's parented the boys. Yeah. She's the one that um, took in L for despite her being different. I know. Yeah, she's got a big heart. After Hopper I, was I, gone. I Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I, I wanted to just reach through the screen, you know, as a mom and just sweep that boy up and, you know, say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> it, it was like seeing one of my own kids hurt, you know? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we've watched these kids grow up. <laughs> you know, so they yeah. feel like my kids, they feel like my kids too, a little bit. And it hurts my heart to see him hurt. Um, yeah. You said, do you want to add to that? That was my number four, but you said he was also your number four. Do you have more that you want to add to that? Yeah, just kind of my done. four. Yeah, my number four was just the 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 arc catching up with our Cali boys again. We didn't see them last episode. Yeah. So yeah, just this kind of crew. So we've talked about the more emotional side of things uh, that I had in that point. <laughs> so just some more of the fun stuff. Um, like again, the one other thing with Will is that he is thinking like a true nerd through and through. I, I got to love that in him. You know, his idea is like, okay, we're going to save Elle and then we're going to take her to Vegas because surely our, her powers are going to help us like win big. And then we can retire <laughs> at the ripe old age of 15 and do nothing but play D&D and Nintendo all day long. I was like, this sounds yeah. good to me, dude. I like <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was funny that that was like kind of where his mind was. I was like, wait, we're close to Vegas. Let's just go back and party when we got her. Uh, Rain Man action. Yeah, it's all he wants is just to play some freaking D anD D and hang out with his friends, and he can't get it. Uh- <laughs> he just can't. No, poor Will. Just I think I Man. complained so much in season three about that. Like, will someone just play D anD D with Will? Already? Right. It's like again, that's my reach to the screen moment. Is instead of like <laughs> as a as a parent, but as like a fellow nerd, I'd be like, I, come join my campaign. Come Big here, brother. Just come here. Yeah, Big brother. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll get you into a team. Let's go. Let's do it. But, uh, yeah. And then just some other funny stuff. Like, you know, they're driving out in the desert. Not sure what they're looking for with these coordinates. 
Is Nina a building? Maybe a small woman hiding small behind woman. a small tree. We don't know. Um, <laughs> where does he come up with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jonathan steps on the brakes before they get more lost, is what he says. And then I love Argyle bumping his head on that little brakes thing. He's just like, ouch. Like, he's just so out of it. It's Argyle is, is great. And then I love as they're... Everybody else, Jonathan, Mike, and Will are like assessing the map and like redoing the coordinates and making sure they're in the right spot. Argyle's out wandering the desert, yelling for Nina, literally looking behind small trees for a small woman. He is like, that's what's in his brain. And I'm like, I love this goofy, nonsensical person. He is. <laughs> he is so uh, high during all of this. Man. Yeah. But he is the one. He finds the military tire tracks, the, the big fatty treads. Uh, just <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, like we've got to go because I mean they they realize. I mean it's the same military that just shot up the buyer's house. Like obviously they're after eleven. That's why they were there. And so I don't know what they were expecting to accomplish. Eleven had it handled, but they were there to kind of pick her up. And she's now one of the Cali boys. <laughs> I mean, she's joined they, the team. It is good that they showed up. Brenner had a point that even if she got out, where the hell is she going to go? I mean, I don't know. Right. How, they seem pretty far out in the desert. What, how is she going to get anywhere on her own without some kind of transportation uh, or, or anything? So, um, so yeah, it is good that they showed yeah. up. For sure. So they've got 11 loaded up in the pizza van. Now we're going to got a special delivery to make to Hawkins. And yeah, it's... <laughs> Dire, dire. I mean, yeah, because they're like, well, we need to regroup. We need to figure out. And Eleven's like, no, now Hawkins go. <laughs> like that's the most important. So I'm, I'm hoping that she. I mean, I, if, clearly, I'm like, we have to get her there in time. Like she has to fight Vecna. We got to have the big showdown. It's got to happen, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to. It has to happen. We've got to. We've got to get that final confrontation with L. And Henry, I mean, our, I, I feel like our friends going off into their battle, they're, you know, they're not gonna be able to do it on their own. I really don't. I mm-hmm. think they have the best plan they could come up with at the moment. But yeah, we have yeah. to, we have to get L. You know, Owens did tell her where they needed to go to be able to get her to Hawkins by nightfall. It was two hours away. So if she can remember, yeah. like, let's just go there. Let's let's go wherever this is. What Was it Nellis? Is that what it is? My memory. I yeah, don't have I think it written so. down. Mm-hmm. My memory sucks. Um, but if they can get there, if she can remember that and get there, maybe there is someone there that can that is a friend of Owen, I hope, uh, and can get them there. I hope. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. what, what the hell are they going to do? Yeah, they're 2,000 miles right. away. Too bad L's powers don't include teleportation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Be helpful. Glad, glad that we have at least part of the group back together again. Glad that they reunited with L and she's got some friends with her. That was good. Especially after what she mm-hmm. just went through, which I know we'll talk about. Yeah. Okay. That was really great. My number three. I want to talk a little bit about, it's kind of short and sweet, but I feel like important because we finally uh, got Vecna's plans revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think we've speculated and questioned, well, what does he want? What is he doing? Um, not too hard to assume. What do all big bads want to do? They want to take over the world, right? Um, 
but everything is tied in so nicely. So I'm going to talk, talk about part of this, and I have another point going to talk about the other side of it. But what we got was uh, through Nancy's journey, you know, she was stuck in the Upside Down. And in this whole, I feel like, Nightmare on Elm Street themed type journey that she was going through. And I keep saying journey, and I keep thinking about the end song. And Chris, I can't help but not. It's still like chiming in my head. So I think I keep repeating it. But as she's she's going through this like living nightmare, she finally gets to see, you know, as Vecna is kind of taunting her and haunting her and following her. And, you know, you're kind of scared for her. But, you know, it comes to find out he just has a message for her. He wants to show her what he's planning on doing. You know, he, he says, now that you've seen where I've been, let me show you where I'm going. And so shows her what he what his plans are and wants to tell Eleven. He's like, you tell Eleven. And I mean, it's just so dark. It's so scary. Um, that scene between them. I mean, he's very menacing. And basically, it's what he says. It's his quest. What he says, I think, in another episode to bring balance and order to an unstable ecosystem that he monologued. I think it was in episode seven that he ends up showing Nancy, you know, it's it's Hawkins, but it's under a dark cloud and it's completely under siege by monsters and basically looks like the upside down. You know, it's 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 the real Hawkins, but instead of like the upside down version of it, it's really their home. Uh, And. I thought it was interesting. One little funny side note, if there is a funny side note to her retelling of the story, because she's obviously very Mm -hmm. much shaken up during that um, point when she's talking about, you know, she's... I bet it's the same note I have. (laughs) I bet it is, because we always share the same brain pain. When she's recounting Uh, that her family's mm -hmm. dead and she name checks everyone except for Ted. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was the funniest. And then he showed my mom, and Holly, and Mike, and they were, they were all. She can't even bring herself to. It was like, what about? I was like, yeah, not Nancy or Vecna. Neither of them care about Ted. (laughs) Like Mm -mm. Ted got the deepest burn in this episode (laughs) when he doesn't even get mentioned. Like, what can Vecna not even take out Ted? I mean, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's not worth his time. Vecna was the one like, Ted, oh, God, never mind. <laughs> Not this exactly. guy. This guy sucks. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we finally get his plan revealed, and, and the kids, you know, start to figure that out. Um, so, yeah, I think that was all that I had to say about that. I feel like I'm going to drift off too too much farther into into my other point, but you know, there was some really great, um, you know, because they, they know music helps, you know, that's what they said helped, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Creel snap out of his trance. It's what has helped Max stay out of Vecna's grasp. Um, so they are there at the trailer and they're rifling through Eddie's music collection and, <laughs> find something find something i'm looking i'm looking and he's like what are you looking for and she's like madonna blondie bowie the beatles um you know music and he lifts up as one of his iron maiden 
says, this is music. I love it. Poor Eddie. I mean, I felt that to my core. I feel like I've had to defend my musical taste my whole life. And I'm like, I'm with you, Eddie. I felt right there in his shoes. I mean, everybody's just shitting on his music taste. And I'm like, that's right, Betty. You freaking tell him. It is music. Um, So I love that moment. Of course he's a big fan of Iron Maiden. His name's Eddie. Of um, course, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie, the mascot from Iron Maiden. It's perfect. He's yeah. right there on the album cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Cassette tapes, by the way. Just yeah, awesome. Brings me back. But yeah, so yeah. I, 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 don't, I love that moment as well. Yeah, I, I doubt she's going to find Madonna or Blondie in that collection of Eddie's. I don't think it's going to be there. I don't think there will be any, you know, and not to like discount Robin's uh, taste or what, you know, she likes and what. Oh, she named might listen some to. great stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, probably not going to be in Eddie's collection. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I can definitely attest to that. I had s- still have. I still listen to the same old, old music. I'm kind of stuck there myself. All the metal bands, hair mm-hmm. metal bands back in the day. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to my my boy Eddie defending his his music. So yeah, I, I love that where they're trying to figure out how to get Nancy back and come to find out he wasn't even going to intentionally hurt Nancy because he let her go. Um, she yep. was able to come back and, re- Just, and uh, retell that story. I want you to tell Eleven. I want you to tell her everything you see. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh what is was that number three? What is your number three? Yeah. All right. Uh, my number three from Russia with love. Uh, hey, yeah, <laughs> catch, yeah. Catch back up over there. Let's 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 hop back across the the waters there and see what's going on. Uh, Hopper and Joyce still so happy to see them together. Mm-hmm. It's it's great seeing them reunited. Uh, she's patching him up, and Antonov is trying to figure out a way to get out of there. And I like just like the little conversation, you know, as I, I, you know, he goes, I thought you were dead. I thought I lost you. And she goes, I did lose you for eight months. We had a funeral. Did anyone what? show up? <laughs> you know, like he's just, it was, I always thought people would like me better when I'm dead. I was like, come on, huh? Uh, but it was a great little conversation. And then and he's like, how's Elle? And she's like, she's good. And I'm like, well, uh. <laughs> people with skates and, you know. Reliving all this trauma, but otherwise really good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out their way out. And then the Demogorgon has escaped the pit and uh, it's keeping the soldiers busy. Dos Vidanya, Ivan. And then we find out that the Russians here at this place don't just have the one Demogorgon. Yeah. Uh, There's a bunch of Demodogs in this little lab. At least one that was still alive while being dissected and studied, but still alive. And then there's a bunch of them that are like preserved in this fluid in these tanks. And then was that the mind flare? Right. That's what I thought when I saw that. Yes. This swirling, smoky, sandy, grainy. I was like, how did the Russians get the fucking mind flare? Or at least a like cage? a piece of the mind like, flare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was effed up um 
I wasn't quite sure. I had to kind of rewind that when I was like, because what is that? I was like, is that like a door to No, that's not a door because you have to go through like a gate to get to the upside down. That did seem like mm-hmm. the mind flare definitely took you back. And I mean, you get that flashback, you know, when Elle's not to jump ahead, but like when Elle was talking about uh, or talking to Papa and she brought up the mind flare and what happened in season two, mm-hmm. you could you kind of see that it was like a little reminder of what what that was like. So, yeah. Yeah, what, what it looked like, not that? in its season three, like, more physical form. If you remember in season two, yeah, it is just that. that it's like, oh, oh no. Yes. Yeah, what the hell are they up to? I'm glad you brought that. This is actually my number two, um, I think. Cool. Is that my number two? Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, was basically short. Like, what the hell are they up to? And what are they doing mm-hmm. with those Demogorgons? And yeah, was that a part of the Mind Flayer that they found? Uh, I don't yeah, know. That's we got bad news that. if they have that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, Antonov finds this tunnel. Uh, your shit tunnel. Um, they go through that, and it does lead them outside. Then they somehow get back to the van. Where was that, anyway? Don't know. But we'll go with it. I guess they snuck back to a a spot to get it. Uh, Then they go flying through that checkpoint and they G'd TFO. And they've got to get back to the States ASAP. They've got to figure out, you know, it's like, yeah, the the Russians are going to be on them hot. They've got to figure out a way to get back. (laughs) Well, that plane you came in here with. Oh yeah. It uh, crashed. (laughs) Oops. So Hopper's asking Yuri if there's another plane or a way he can get them back. And Yuri is being very Yuri. (laughs) <laughs> which Antonov does not have time for. So he just threatens him at gunpoint. He's like, get us back to America or die. Simple as that pretty much is all he has to say to him. And then Yuri takes them to this little shed. this like kind of workshop that he's got somewhere. And then we get Yuri at peak Yuri-ness. Um, just bringing the, the others to that area for it to a f- not fully completed helicopter, uh, which he named Katinka after his first lover. Because Katinka also had very beautiful, very round buttocks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And Katinka also has never flown. Uh, It's like the Midlife Crisis Project car rebuild that sits in the garage forever, never being completed. That's his version of it. Just go tinker on for (laughs) a little bit and she just sits in the garage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, she just needs a little tune up. I was like, yeah, that and some propeller blades and probably fuel and a bunch of other things. Uh. Exactly. Like, what the hell? I mean, things have, have have moved along fairly well, I think, as well as what they could have in Russia. But I can't believe that we're still going into the finale and Hopper and is still in freaking Russia and, and they're still not mm-hmm. home yet. It's just like, holy shit. You know, I hope right. it's, it's, like got it's got all come Two together. and a half hours. <laughs> Get them back in that two and a half hours, please. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to start season five with the Hopper enjoy still in Russia. Um, <laughs> no. But so they have their backup backup plan uh, to call Owens to see if he can somehow help them or get them home. Of course, we see Owens is a little uh, tied up this episode. Uh, maybe he'll be in a good enough place again soon. I'm not really sure exactly where he's left at the end of this episode. You know, mm-hmm. Sullivan kind of left him handcuffed down there and then went out to investigate. 
the explosion and Eleven taking off. So as far as I know, Owens is still alive and just kind of in military uh, <laughs> custody right now. They'll let him go. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with Owens. I'm just like, how? That's like the only other reason, like way they can get it out of Russia. So uh, we'll see. Uh, the phone number that um, Joyce gives to Antonov to dial for Owens, or not really to dial because he dials this operator and then tells them the number that he needs to reach. So you know I called that number. You know I was, how I was I just wait. I was waiting. Yeah. What did we find out? And it was a big old bummer. Oh. Uh, all I got was your call can't be connected as dialed. Please try again. Which I thought was interesting that it, it sounded a little... I haven't heard that message in a long time, so has it always sounded like that? I don't know. Um, so I was like, either either it is just not a connected number, and I got that. I was like, or maybe it's a specific voice and a kind of dialect that maybe that's what we'll hear sometime next episode is they can't get a hold of him and we get that voice. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nothing really special, though. It wasn't as fun as the... The Argyle voicemail about pineapple on pizza or the computer sounds from from Nina. Those two right. were really cool. So, and this one was those kind of like a cool. letdown after those. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a bummer that we came this far. And unless it was, <laughs> unless it was intentional. And, right. And we just don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of funny the way he did it. You know, he gave the number to the operator and then just hangs up. And Joyce is like, what What are you doing? He's like, I gave them the number. They call and then they connect and call us back. And it's going to for sure be bugged by the KGB. So now is some time to start thinking of some coded language to use to get your point across. <laughs> and I, it's just the way he was like, that's just how it works. It's like, when are they going to call back? Five minutes, five hours, five days. Who knows? Uh <laughs> He has such a positive outlook on all of it. Right. <laughs> five minutes, five days, you know, who knows? Oh, and also the KGB is probably going to be listening in. So you probably should speak in code, you know, welcome to Russia. Right. <laughs> love it. I love Antonov. I just, I, yeah. I think he's great. I, I, I mean, is, he's, is he going to America with them? I mean, he, I, mean, I, I guess he's so. considered. I mean traitor in in russia's eyes he would maybe if he gets right. to america and they can clear him somehow with the russians i mean he's got a son there he wouldn't want to just leave russia i know like son it's one of his big things is getting back to his son so yeah but he can't really do that safely no. <laughs> so i don't no. know which then makes me worried for him as a character like oh god where do you wrap up his story then like uh <laughs> A man is no one. That's what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I he hope. Just has to I hope sail off to Bravos. So that's the plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I hope. I hope it happens fast in the finale that we something very quickly propels them back into the story. I don't want the last five minutes. Of the finale to be like Hopper, like I'm here. What's going on? Where's Al? <laughs> How's everyone doing? Um, I, I really hope that he's there a little sooner than that. I mean, all of them, of course. But I feel like I really want Hopper to be reunited with Al. I want to see that reunion, and mm-hmm. I don't want it to be in the last five minutes. I like it. 
Yeah, I, I feel like we're going to have to find out more about what the hell the Russians are doing with the Demogorgons. What, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to train them? I don't know. And that was just cruel. I mean, look, Demogorgon or not, that, that thing splayed out all open like that on the table. That was terrible. Um, I don't mm. like seeing that stuff. It's messed up. Um, evil evil Demodog or not. It's not right. Um, my next point, uh, I'm just going to jump in and talk about Papa. Um, Perfect. He definitely was a big focus for this episode and for good reason because damn we finally got to the root of Brenner's intentions and how that plays into this whole show as a whole like we finally got so many answers Um, and I was so excited that it's like oh my god you know because I feel like you go back to season one and you're watching these things and you're like you almost feel like you're dumped in the middle of a story like I feel like I've missed the first part of this story, you know, when you, when we jump into season one, we've got, you know, the lab and Brenner and Eleven and these experiments and, you know, the upside down. It's like, man, I feel like I'm missing a piece. We got it mm-hmm. in this episode yeah. because now we learn that this whole time, everything that's happened, you know, all of these run-ins um, is all because of Brenner. And, I mean, it makes sense, um, totally. But it, it gets it, it shows us the core of like the big motivation that's followed this story since season one, and it really does, I think, give such a satisfying arc, you know, to this show. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out, you know, as L is figuring out that Brenner didn't have her searching the darkness to just spy on the Soviets. Now, was that a part of it as like a cover-up? Yeah, I think so. But it was really to find Henry. He couldn't let go of Henry. He was determined to find Henry, and he was using L to do that. And in turn, release Demogorgon, the Mind mm-hmm. Flayer, twice. Um, and then you think of all the people that have died uh, because of his his motivations and i do think that you know the soviets you know because there was a part of that we did see that you know where he's asking l to go find someone to kind of spy on them or whatever but i think that was how he was receiving government funds and why he was probably allowed to experiment on kids but i think it was just because Mm -hmm. he really craved this control over you know what what he was doing and this whole discovery that he had made that no one else had and there was a really great moment with him and L when he, because I was like, what is it that you think you're going to do? He will not let her leave. He's like, you're not ready, you know, and he, he decides to trap her there. He goes through this whole uh, plan of uh, getting Owen locked up in a room to keep L there with him, saying that she's not ready. I'm like, what other, ex- what is it that he's hoping to achieve? I'm not sure uh, that I understood that exactly, but I loved that moment when Elle confronts him as they're standing there next to Nina. Yeah. It's such an empowering moment for Elle. You know, when she tells him, she's like the gate, the mind flayer, so many dead and all because of you, because you could not stop and you could not let go. 
She said, I came here to try and understand what I was to see if I was the monster. Now I know the truth. It is not me. It is you. You are the monster. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really great Uh, performance by Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, Again, another performance I really felt um, Mm -hmm. right through the screen. I mean, it, that, that shook me up and in her and um, you know, Matthew Modine, who's really great as well. You know, that scene between them and that chemistry that they have in this long, long history that they have with each other, this toxic relationship. And I, and I do believe in his own weird, twisted, messed up kind of way. He did care about her, but he also mm-hmm. was very selfish, you know, in, carrying out his his own motivations and she was so spot on because she's like he's like well i only wanted the best for you i o- always tried to make the best decisions and she calls him out on it she's like really was was mama like the best decision and you know you get the flashback of what he did to Elle's mother mm-hmm. you know henry was that the best decision and yeah the best decision to have henry exposed to these kids you know, mm-hmm. knowing that Henry was so powerful and could potentially be so dangerous and that he, you know, murdered his family. Um, and, like, it's okay to have him there with the, with those kids. I mean, he... Yeah. So, I love that she called him out on all of that. I love that empowering yeah. moment that she had with him. Um, and then, of course, it all, kept, as you described there at the end with the helicopter and such, but, you know, him... Carrying her out as as the the, the site there is being attacked uh, by Sullivan and his men to kill L essentially, and he does take her out um, of the facility to try to like save her, um, and then that moment in the end after he has been plummeted, I, I can't believe he survived as long as he had. I mean, it's you know the the bullets <laughs> on those guns uh, on a helicopter uh, are are not kind to a human body. Um, But I'm so glad that she didn't forgive him there at the end. Yeah. That. That was powerful. I think, yes, it's all he wants is just for like her to take his apology, which was a half-baked apology as much as like everything I did, I did for you. And if I hurt you, I didn't mean to. And I just want you to say it wasn't even a I forgive you. It's just I want you to say that you understand what I was doing. Yeah. And even at that point, she she's not going to give him that. She's you know no you were wrong. Goodbye, Papa. Like, man. <laughs> yeah, huge huge moment for Elle. Uh, yeah, that she didn't even give him that. Uh, I, I think that she, in her own way, had some compassion for him. But wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. going to give him that. She wasn't going to give him forgiveness. Forgiveness. She wasn't going to give him any understanding for for what he did. Yeah. At all, and such a, a beautiful power moment or powerful moment for Elle. And then, of course, as you pointed out, I mean, she had some badass moments. I mean, that girl mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. back. You know, she gets off that yes. table as as you mentioned. She, I don't know how many times it's okay to be like defibrillated. You know, I mean, she's had it done like multiple times since she has been there uh, working with Nina. And in this last time she gets up from that table, I mean, she has literally just been resuscitated and gets up and is able to uh, lift Nina up like 
with barely a nosebleed. And mm-hmm. then there uh, at the end with the helicopter. I mean, it, you could tell it had drained her, but she just looks stronger than ever. And, yeah. you know, I totally believe Owens when he's like, you know, she's as ready as what she's going to be. You know, you've seen her, you've seen what she can do. You know, this is this is the moment and she's made her decision like she she believes that she's ready. Um, so, yeah, definitely powerful episode for Eleven for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, what is your number two? Actually, it was, it's funny. It's the same thing. I have to kind of go in the same. I know <laughs> so that happens. So I'm, I'm like, like now we're going you got to go first way. sometimes because because <laughs> we're going to do it every time, no matter I what. Know. It's funny that like even the order has been like I'm not even having like move things around anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, they're just right in step. Right, we, we've in learned order, to share two, a brain now, Papa. Pink, I'm telling you, right. <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, you, you covered a lot of it. We'll see, you know, what I do have, if I have any extra notes on, on things. Um, I like, you know, Brenner's giving Elle the, the dam-breaking analogy as to what, you know, the danger of Henry coming back is. And freaks her out, obviously. You know, the pencil snaps. is like, and then Hawkins will fall. And she runs off to go check on her friends. And I love Owen's response. He goes, well, that went very well, I thought. You ease her into it, nice and gentle, just like we talked about. Not ominous at all. Uh, <laughs> I freaking love Paul Reiser. Love- <laughs> yeah, yes. so good. Uh, and then, yeah, the whole Owens being like, you know, I'm not going to hold you against your will. If you want to go, then we're going to make sure you can go. And then we see Brenner, the snake that he is, uh, not wanting to let her go. And then showing very well he's willing to sacrifice anyone and everyone else, friends, and so many other lives to make sure that he has control and the say, and that he feels that she's ready. And uh, he mentions that one slash Henry slash Vecna uh, also does in fact, cause we kind of talked about or speculated a little bit based off of what people had said, or even what he said about the, you know, they're all in here. Uh, and then Brenner does confirm that, yeah, he takes powers, abilities, skills, memories, whatever is applicable from anyone or anything that he kills. It's like, well, he's been gone for this long. Clearly, he's been building up power, whether it's people he's killing. It's like, but he's also in the upside down. Who knows what kind of power he's gaining from anything there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you talk to kind of Brenner and Eleven's big confrontation. His full villain locking her in that room, restraining Owens and threatening to kill Owens if she doesn't, you know, if she if she doesn't stay. And then that confrontation which oh, man so good you can you you ready you got the like best stuff so that's great and then even after that she kind of calls his bluff and is like no i'm leaving with dr owens uh and i will kill you if you try to stop me and then i i saw it coming i knew he sedates her drugs her from behind which i mean and then you know of course she's angry and she was about to totally annihilate him except mm-hmm. the, you know sed- sedative kicks in and they both fall. I was like, which, that is the worst time to drug the superpowered person in the building. No kidding. Because at that moment, you know, knock, knock, who's there? Military. Military who? Military you a new one? You're totally screwed. <laughs> it's <laughs> not going to be good for them. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, the military bombards the lab. And at like, that, that worst moment, because it's like, oh, the military's here. And where's Elle? Oh, she's drowsy on a bed with a shot collar on. 
you know? Yeah, nice. Exactly where you want your super-powered individual to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Brenner has to, like, pick her up and, and carry her out. And they get outside. You talked about a little bit, you know, the scientists that all fleed. You've seen they've all just been gunned down. And we know we're in a bad situation. And that's when, you know, Brenner takes a shot to the arm and then gets dropped and then gets dropped. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Eleven just kind of has to fend for herself. But then, you know, he takes the, his one last act of kindness. If you If you got to give him anything. At least before that, like last conversation they have, he undoes the shot collar and releases it off of her, knowing it's like, well, I'm proud of you. My time is done. You do what you have to do. And then, yeah, it's still like we talked about. I, I, I do like that moment of growth for her where she doesn't give him the the understanding or forgiveness that he seeks. It's like, you know, you, <laughs> you, you. You know, you made your bed there, so mm-hmm. <laughs> lie in it. That's what it is. Um, so I, I think there is some compassion. They do go back a long ways. That is her papa. But but also she knows, like, you, you don't have a hold over me anymore. And it's, you know, you, you, you're going to let go now. And it is a big moment for her. Yeah, huge yeah, and yeah, again, that is all I have there. <laughs> that's excellent. Well, and yeah, I want to. I'm going to say again. You know, huge shout out. I love Paul Reiser. Uh, I tell you, mm-hmm. he he's been. You know, I I had a, that moment when it was revealed that he had been working with Brenner. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, you 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 shit. You know, uh, Eleven never would have agreed to come had she known and felt like he had kind of tricked her a little bit. But he has repeatedly stood up for L. He has risked his yeah. life to protect L, both against Brenner and Sullivan. Um, I, I think he's been great um, as a character, and of course, just I think Paul Reiser's great I, since uh, he's been uh, more on the show in the season. Anyway, um, I went back to watch uh, Mad About You. One of my. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, show back from gosh was it was it the 2000s early 2000s crap i i forget uh him and helen hunt anyway it was a show on nbc back in the day really great i totally recommend it it's on prime so if you have prime you can if you've never seen it or want to do a rewatch but anyway really always love paul riser uh you know from that show from aliens and uh just thought he's great so Big, big yeah. shout out to him. It's made me want to go back and just kind of rewatch that show a little bit. But yeah, I, I really admired how far he was willing to go for L. Mm-hmm. Good points. Good points. Um, so I guess that gets us down to our number one. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, mine is just mostly focusing on the battle to come. You know, we... we Same. <laughs> 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 well we should just like have a conversation about it i don't want to i feel like we're gonna keep crossing uh, over here um that's all I mean, good it's what we do we've we figured that out at this point like that's how it goes we should have known to wrap it up that's that's mm-hmm. you know where where we're gonna land of course our, our number one being the same well i'm, I'm interested to, to get your thoughts on it too but you know i because we, we've talked about it a little bit as we were talking about, or I was talking about like the death flags and, you know, what our group was doing, because a lot of these moments came as they're preparing for this battle. You know, they've gotten yeah. this plan. Uh, you mentioned it that, you know, Dusty, you know, because Robin's like, oh, well, he's like, 
Eleven. And Desi's like, well, because they know Eleven, they not only know her strengths, but they know her vulnerabilities mm-hmm. in knowing that when she is in that trance-like state, she's very vulnerable. So they come up with this plan uh, mm-hmm. and they go armor themselves. Uh, I don't even know if places like that still exist or not. Uh I, you know. We have an Army Navy surplus store here in my town, but I've never been in there, and I don't know. I I don't think they're as just freewheeling with hair, hey, take all the things as you would think. <laughs> like this paints it to be. So I've never been in there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I've I've been in in one of the Army surplus stores before with uh, some members of of my family. Because uh, <laughs> uh, yes, they. They they like their weapons. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and you know the camo and and things like that. It's it's very reminiscent. It wasn't. I've never seen it as busy as what we saw. It's a good place to get camping supplies. It's and a great place stuff, to go though, get your too. camping supplies. Yeah, survival gear, camping supplies, things like that mm-hmm. for sure. I'm not gonna talk about some of the things in this episode. How some things are so easily accessible. Um, uh-huh. And and Robin makes a comment about it. I'm not going to comment on that here. Uh, but so we get to see how their plans all coming together. I love when they <laughs> sounds bad. I don't want to make it sound like Grand Theft Auto is a good thing, but I thought it was really funny when they still, <laughs> they still Grand Theft Home. Grand Theft Home is that is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I know Robin's like, well, you know, you can't really blame for being you know mad. They lost their house in their garden one fell swoop (laughs) (laughs) i love her so much Mm -hmm. i want robin to be my best friend um yes so i i like that moment um loved eddie coming out with the michael myers mask it was a callback from season two yeah it was so great great. (laughs) just that reveal i was like do you have a a ski mask or bandana or something. And she's like, has this look like I got something. And then just that reveal of him leaning around the corner with that Michael Myers mask on. I almost fell out laughing. I'm just like, that is amazing. I didn't know I needed that, but I needed that. I did need that. (laughs) I needed it too. So, so much emotion and heaviness and darkness in this episode. I definitely needed a few of these comedic moments (laughs) and and that moment, him popping Uh out with the Michael's Michael Myers mask, which, which is a callback to season two with Max and Halloween. Um, when when mm-hmm. they were all dressed up and trick or treating, uh, and then them stealing the RV, Steve driving the RV. <laughs> that was I didn't know I needed that in my life, but turns out I did. Right. I needed to watch Steve Harrington hop over that seat and drive off in that RV. Um, so th- they're putting their plan into action, uh, and to see them going through all the, the the preparations of how they got there, the plan. Uh, and then to see as they're driving off and they're dropping off, uh, who was it? Was it Lucas and uh, Max and Lucas, Erica and Max, Erica. OK. And Max and Lucas. OK. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the th- the third there uh, dropping them off at oh, the freaking Creel house. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about ominous, but seeing how they're all putting their plan into place and basically just getting ready, you know, for this battle and how Max has decided to use herself as bait because she doesn't want to like, this is what they know. They don't have time to try and figure out who the next victim is. You know, they don't want to, she doesn't want to put some other innocent kid at risk. They don't know what they're up against. She does. 
um, you know, uh, so I don't know. I'm in all the conversations that were taking place while they were preparing for this, just really put all the, Mm -hmm. it just really gets you in that mindset of what they're going into and how scary this really is. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, let's see. I just kind of going through, yeah, to add to some of those little conversations and stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, D- Dustin coming up with that idea of, you know, well, 11's in that trance, so Vecna probably is too. I like his, it'll be like slaying Sleeping Dracula in his coffin. That's a great <laughs> uh, line, a great analogy there. And then, yeah, Max just badass. Like, yeah. really brave moment where she's like, we don't have time for all of that crap. We don't have time to put somebody else in harm's way when they don't know what they're up against. I've survived him before. I'll survive him again. I just hold him off. You know, it's my mind. Shouldn't I be more powerful there than he is? And she's just really trying to like psych herself up with that. Of, You know, it's my mind and he's using my memories. And so if I am able to control my memories where I'm at, I run from the dark memories and I go to the light, hide somewhere in the light, find the happiest memory I have. And that happy memory might just include Lucas, which ah, that moment yeah. was just really beautiful to me and i love that he then after that because at first he's like trying to come up with anything to keep her from doing it but then he realizes how important this is and how determined she is and so he trusts her with the plan but then i like how he follows it up by going okay but the second you start to lift i'm calling in kate bush i love that line so much but man yeah just their their conversation was another one that hit me emotionally a little bit. I was like, man, uh, but she knows yeah, the memories are her advantage. It's kind of, you know, another reference. The show likes to reference things. It kind of does remind, we've, we've thought about it a little bit, but like it, you know, Stephen King's it where, you know, if you're not afraid and you know how to face him, you stand a better chance. You know, in this case, it, maybe it's only just holding him off a little bit longer, but that's all she needs to do while the others are doing their part. Exactly. Yeah. Just a distraction and, um, keep him busy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Erica's line, uh, if we're trying to avoid angry hicks, maybe we shouldn't go to some store called the war zone. Uh, <laughs> She's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. Eddie knows how to hotwire an RV. It's like, what's a little grand theft auto while trying to save the world. Um, I mean, he, yeah, like you said, he's already wanted for murder. So what's right. Just might as well. GTA. Yeah. The, uh, at the war zone, some of those moments, uh, again, it, I'm noticing, you know, they left Eddie behind in the RV Definitely. for good reason yes. with everybody out. And then even Dustin and Lucas staying behind in there with him because those hellfire club pictures have been passed around. People know that they're involved. So it's a smart little thing. They're like, yeah, they're staying back too. anybody directly connected to Eddie doesn't need to be seen in this place. Um, and yeah, there's, cause there's a lot of people there, including some familiar faces. Uh, Robin sees Vicky, the girl from band that she has a crush on and yeah. she's there with some other dude and they share a quick kiss. And I'm like, oh, poor Robin. Like I mean... my heart just breaks for her in that moment. And the way she's like staring and then Vicky even catches her looking and then she turns and runs off and it's like, <laughs> I know I, geez, like, will this 
you know, episode where he's so struggling with where he's at. And then just, you know, I felt so much for Robin. Who hasn't had that moment where you are crushing so hard on someone and that crush is either with someone else or gets with someone else or you see them with someone else and you are just, it's mm-hmm. like ripping your freaking heart out. Oh, I just felt so yeah. bad for Robin in that moment. I just cried for her. Mm-hmm. It's rough. But then even worse, Jason and the other basketball players are there too. Oh uh, God. And then Jason talking with Nancy at the gun counter was, which I, because I live in the South and I know gun safety and I've done gun safety and I've shot guns and I've done hunting and I've done these things. I get And it's funny because I know how well Steve is with <laughs> guns and stuff. I don't know if he wrote in or we'll hear from him, but I could like picture because I know Steve is very smart and intelligent with those things and he yes. knows what he's doing. And so I could, I bet that Steve probably noticed this too and was like, what? Because the way when he's talking, when Jason is talking to Nancy and he's like pointing at her gesturing at her with the gun and i was like what the hell are you doing mm-hmm. i was like he should be have that taken from him and removed from the store immediately we're not allowed to come back you don't do that gun safety kids yeah, yeah. freaking jason is unhinged <laughs> and i mean it makes me angry thinking that that clerk behind the counter there is not like dude you know i'm not selling you shit you can't even you know you don't know right. the first thing about how to handle uh, a, a, a gun the dude is completely unhinged mm-hmm. i mean the dude looks like he hasn't slept his hair is a mess. Right. He, he he looks a little sweaty, pasty or something. He just looks like he is just coming apart at the seams. Right. And then yeah, yeah the I mean, way he's that he grabbed being... that gun barrel from Nancy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that dude. And he's like making vague threats mm-hmm. while holding it, and then just a the whole like you know mentioning Mike and his involvement with the Hellfire Club, and you know and his friends are they here with you? And he's just digging, and it's like I, I'm glad Nancy was just like let go and get away from me but yeah that's he's gonna be a problem he's gonna be a big problem i have a feeling Uh, (laughs) he's definitely suspicious that look that he had when the rv was speeding away Mm -hmm. he's definitely uh i don't think gonna let that go so soon but i do love how nancy was sawing off the shotgun there uh you know kind of (laughs) know is that legal i'm pretty sure it's a felony <laughs> mm. Yep, Nancy's such a badass. She knows what she's doing. Uh, you can, she knows what how to handle herself with a gun, right? So, yeah, because they're all yeah prepping. Dustin and Eddie got their spiked shields made out of trash can lids and nails. Yeah, Nancy's sawing off her shotgun barrel. Lucas and Erica are making spears. Stephen Robin brewing up some Molotovs. They're <laughs> doing what they can. Um, again, gearing up for battle. That B A T. I was like, I love puns, but come on, Dustin, you're better than that. You're better than that, my man. He's so sweet. He, he tried. He tried. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Steve is still trying to like give hope to Robin about Vicky, and it's like we'll get we'll circle back to that later if we survive. Like, there's much bigger worries right now. And again, we talked about it, kind of that dread where this is probably the most negative I've ever seen, Robin. I know. She's just kind of in this headspace. She's like, like it's not hope, but it's just this like, well, who else is going to try? So we might as well. But she's not going to hide the fact that she's like, I don't have a good feeling about this. I don't think it's going to go the way we want it to go. And it worries me, and I hate seeing that. I know. You're so right. Her her outlook. Just 
again, adds to that whole ominous feeling that I have to, to see Robin mm-hmm. in that headspace. You know, yeah, she's always so bubbly and funny and bright and sees the other side of things. And um, that was hard to see her in that in that headspace. Yeah. Yeah. And then just kind of the, the closing of the episode uh, with uh, separate ways. Playing while they're yes. all geared up in I love the, that in RV, mix. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's on Spotify. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked Max, Lucas, Erica getting dropped off at the Creel house, and then the others. Because I guess the the plan is a kind of two pronged attack. And they need Max there on the real side to to get you know to have Vecna focus on her. And then I guess the rest are driving somewhere to a gate where they can go across through that gate, go back to the Creel house in the upside down and handle things from the other side. And, oh, I'm so freaking ready. I'm so excited. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like, let's just. <laughs> we are so close. We are so close. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Any, yeah, anything else man. on your number one? That's it. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, it's just going through my notes. You know, I, I I think the only well, and and you talked about part of it, but the music for me was on point as always. I feel like Stranger Things is always on point with the music, and it was really great this yep. episode, especially uh, CCR when they were stealing the RV. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I, I freaking <laughs> love it. CCR has got a special place in my heart. I grew up on CCR and some of the old. Um, you know, that style of music from back in the day. CCR is just like ingrained mm-hmm. in my brain. And uh, so I, I really love that. I thought it was absolutely fitting. Uh, the the Journey remix that you mentioned during the credits, credits and the lyrics. It wasn't just that the music was great in this remix that they did for the song was great, yeah. but that the lyrics were really on, on point. Um, so that, that stuck out to me. So I was like, you know, just really, really jamming along. Um, they do a good job. Uh, I think that was all my notes. Talked about the Michael Myers mask and Jason and his jocks. Do you have any notes? Yeah, I've got a few, uh, especially talking about music, but I'll get to that at the end. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, we covered a lot of other ones. Uh, just again, talking about, you know, Nancy recounting her encounter. I didn't realize count count was going to be in there twice. Um, <laughs> but with, with Vecna uh, slash Henry slash when, um, you know, the things that she, uh, that he showed her, but she mentioned things that we didn't see in, cause we got little flashes when he was showing her. Right. And it was kind of pretty basic. What we saw was just like the gate thing. And that was pretty much it. But then when she kind of goes into more detail, it's things. Cause even going back and rewatching it, I was like, Nope, we didn't see any of those things. But, uh, you know, she does talk about the Hawkins on fire and the gates, but then mentioned, you know, specific like dead soldiers everywhere and her family and this army of terrible monsters led by some giant monster with these gaping jaws. Like, oh, we didn't see any of that. Yeah. What the hell um, was that? Mm-hmm. You know, that the barrier between dimensions has been broken down. It's like this army of monsters infiltrating the neighborhoods. And I was like, man, uh, that's real scary to think about. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then we talked about, yeah, the four clock chimes, four gates, four victims, four kills. Um, and as, when they're talking about 
Feckness last. Year. I was like, you know, Robin is us on this podcast last week and probably even today a bit, where she's like, Vecna, Henry, one. Sorry, what are we calling him now? And everybody was like, Vecna, Henry, one. She goes, right. We've learned something new about Vecna slash Henry slash one. <laughs> well, I, I have I have an option for what we can call him, and I'm not going going to claim this as my own. I'm I, I saw it online, so I don't claim this as my own. <laughs> I vote we call him VH one. Vecna Henry one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> not my idea. Totally stole it. Uh-huh. So credit. Shout out to who I don't know where I saw that, but um, shout out. That is not mine. Well, that's perfect because then the last point that I have, I can call it going behind the music on VH1. No, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, of course, Mama Steve always wanted to have a big family with a bunch of kids he can drive around all over the country and have adventures with. And then I was like, I want that spinoff. Steve better survive this season and the rest of this show. Because I want a show set in the late 90s, early 2000s, where we get the Harrington clan just road tripping. That's what I want. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I want that spinoff. I want Steve (laughs) to survive and I want him to have that dream. Let's hope. Uh, And then, yeah, he points out the fact that he's had practice taking care of multiple children. I thought it was really funny. A little meta thing. Um, He has. Those are his kids. <laughs> uh, the the military coming in to break into Nina, uh, that area. I love a good helicopter flying with the sun, heat, haziness behind it. Mm-hmm. Shot. I always love those. Uh, <laughs> classic. And then, you know, you talked to Erica and Lucas, where it was like their little conversation about bench riding loser, but you're still my brother, where I was like, Erica loves her brother. She makes sure to give him ample shit to keep him humble, but she loves him. Hell yeah. So what are you supposed to do as siblings? Yeah. yeah. And then last was just Sullivan is, man, what a, a villainous kind of, it's like when he, that scene where he finds Owens and is questioning him about 11. And that's when the chopper calls in and says, we got a shot on her. Do you want us to take it? And then Owens is pleading with him, you know, that she's the answer, not the problem. They need her to kill the actual monster. He even says, you know, we, we can put her in a coma. And if the murders keep happening, then you know that, you know, then God, we're going to need her. But if, if they do stop and you feel like, well, it proves that it was her, I'll pull the plug on her myself. You know, he is doing what he can. And then the dipshit just calls in the order to shoot anyway. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, dude. Of course. He sucks. That's <laughs> the worst. Uh but yeah, uh, so then the last note, yeah, behind the music with VH1. Um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's because something I saw this week that led me down like a little rabbit hole. So I wanted to go through it. So here's our music section that I've done on other shows. But yeah. Here's our version of it here. Um, so I saw an article that was shared on Facebook by metalcore band Norma Jean, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, and they shared this little article because there was an interview with Jamie Campbell Bauer uh, about doing the Vecna voice because it was, and I've seen videos and stuff of him recording audio for the voice. That is him. Like there's still a little bit of audio distortion on it, but that real low voice, that is him doing it the best of his ability. And so there's an interview about him doing the Vecna voice. And he said he listened to and studied a lot of black metal, death metal, uh, hardcore metal music, 
uh, specifically name dropping the bands Carpa- uh, Carpathian Forest and Norma Jean, which is why they shared it. Uh, wow. Cause, and, and then he decided to really focus on the lower register stuff and a lot of like death metal music for the voice that he used for Vecna. So he was listening to a lot of metal. And then that led me on a uh, little, you know, rabbit hole there. I was like, so he's listening to us like, is he a musician? Does he know a lot about music? And then it's like, oh, yes, he is, was in a band that uh, is, is defunct after like a year or two years ago. And now he's doing solo stuff under the name Jamie Bauer. Um, That's awesome. So I made a playlist on Spotify and we could probably, I'll link it. Yeah. With, you know, show notes and stuff of this. That would be great. But I made a little playlist and did a little di- a bit of digging. Um, so here are the incredible musicians that make up the cast of Stranger Things. Of course, leading it with what started this with Jamie Campbell Bauer and his band Counterfeit. Uh, and I've got a couple songs by them. And then I've got some other more just Jamie Bauer music, which one of them, uh, you can really hear him using that lower register voice. And it is so cool. That is so uh, cool. And then found some others. Uh, so I've got some songs by Maya Hawk, who has released quite a bit of music. Oh, uh, she's got quite a great voice. Um, and then there is Finn Wolfhard with his bands Calpurnia and the Aubreys. He is in two bands right now. Uh, Calpurnia full band. And then the Aubreys is a two piece between him and one of the other guys in Calpurnia with him. Um, Joe Keery, our Steve Harrington. Uh, before taking off on stranger things. He was in a band called post animal. And then actually he left that band due to acting things and was too busy. So he is not no longer a part of that band, but now he is releasing music again under the name Joe D J O Joe. Uh, so cool. And it's really good stuff. I'm really digging it. Uh, of course, we talked about Gaten Matarazzo, Dustin Henderson, and his band Work in Progress, whom I've seen live. Uh, <laughs> Jealous. Which is fun. They've got a few, a couple songs up on uh, Spotify. Caleb McLaughlin, has, uh, which is Lucas, has released two singles, some like R&B stuff. He's got a pretty good voice as well. They're all... Dang. And then an interesting one. Um, our, our own Jonathan Byers. Uh, just blanked on his name for some reason. Um Charlie Heaton. Yeah, Charlie Heaton. There it is. Uh, yeah, so Charlie Heaton. Um, can't really hear him because he was the drummer with his ex that they have a, a kid together. So she's singing. But uh, a band called Komenichi. Um, and then the last one is just kind of a little fun. Uh, Shannon Purser, Barb, has a couple of songs that she's released as well. Some singles and things. So she's got a pretty good voice. And then I also found Dacre Montgomery who played Billy does a little bit of music stuff. It's more, uh, he kind of does like music production stuff and he has a podcast. I think it's like DKMB something. I'd have to look it up. Oh, I but have it's that. like, he does this like, oh, yeah, I've got, so I've, I've got his podcast. I, I definitely, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, he does like this music production <laughs> stuff and then, or like has like pulls in music from other people. And then he has poetry that he does and then like reads his poetry over music and has a podcast with those tracks, which is really interesting. So a lot of uh, quite a musical and artistic bunch that make up this uber, show. <laughs> uber talented cast. Yeah. Digger Montgomery's I knew about, uh, I, I mm-hmm. heard about his, I think we, I talked about it on the show uh, as part of the news or maybe just talking about it in my notes. I'm not sure. 
uh, that he had a podcast. Well, I think there's more to it than that, but I think there were four uh, episodes yeah. where he's reading his poetry. He's super talented. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What an amazingly talented cast. Um, I'm uber jealous of that. I, if I only had one teeny little like iota of <laughs> talent that these guys had, that's amazing. Yeah, share that link um, for everyone. Yeah, because I sure. think I think that's great. I didn't know. I knew a couple of our kids had had bands and had had musical interests. I didn't realize that many had. So that's <laughs> fantastic. Um, any other any other notes or music notes? That's it. That's awesome. You know, you were talking about Jimmy Campbell Bauer. I think I saw. Um, something on his wiki wikipedia that just lists out like like actor uh and it came up musician and i was like musician and i think i did read that part where he had been in a band so i thought Mm -hmm. dang i don't i haven't talked about him enough i mean we've talked about his character a whole lot but as far as like him as an actor and the phenomenal job that he's done i'll just say that now shout out to him yeah he's been absolutely phenomenal as henry one you know how whatever mm-hmm. referring to him to and as vecna i mean he's been absolutely amazing mm-hmm. um and that portrayal that he's given i think he's just one of the best villains um and he was absolutely yeah, amazing so good so kudos to him what an amazing acting job okay i think that's a good place to end it everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mm-hmm. I don't, again, have a whole lot of news, but um, the Emmy nominations came out today, so I felt it was safe to at least report on those. Uh, I was getting a lot of notifications on Twitter for the Emmy nominations, and just quickly, I'm not going to read out all the categories. Uh, I did put it on our social media, and it's obviously out there if you want to go look at it and see the specific categories, but Stranger Things Season 4 garnered 13 primetime Emmy nominations today, including Outstanding Drama Series. However, our one and only Sadie Sink, who should have been uh, nominated, was shut out uh, from the nominations. And I'm very upset about that. She has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, But nope, there were were some other actresses in that category instead. Um, But anyway, just, you know, if you're interested and want to go check out all of the uh, categories that they were nominated for it's out there but they did get uh, nominated for outstanding drama series it's good to see some recognition uh, for the show and, yeah. the, and the work that they've done so well done uh, to everyone we'll see how that rolls out when the Emmys uh, come around I'm sure sure we will report on it when it comes time all right. So we did get a lot of um, as usual which always makes me super happy uh, some mm-hmm. listener feedback uh, do you want to take the first one for us? All right. This first one comes from Jenny Lundgren. It says, I really don't like this season. I don't like the monster. I don't like the kids. I don't like the new characters. 
It's not funny. It's not scary. It really pisses me off. And that pisses me off. <laughs> well, you're entitled to your opinions. Your thoughts are valid. But I'm going to be honest. That might be the only time I've ever heard that thought from anyone. So stick to you. <laughs> be, be. I, 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 I did re- reply to that and asked if she'd like seasons one through three. If that if those she thought were good or if she liked those. She really doesn't like season four, apparently. I have not <laughs> seen that anywhere either. So I just I thought, you know what? We're going to include all opinions. You know, yeah. I, I won't I can't say that I agree, but you are definitely, um, you know, allowed to have that opinion. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, write, write us back, Jenny, if you're listening. I hope you're listening. I'm, I'd be curious to know if you listen to the podcast and did, does it ever have, have we changed your mind at all uh, about your yeah. thoughts and opinions? Sometimes we can turn people around. We've been known, I think, sometimes to mm-hmm. sway people's opinions a little bit about certain scenes and things. Curious to know if you listen yeah. to us, if we've swayed you, or maybe not, if you are listening and we still haven't swayed you. Um, but thank you for writing in, Jenny. Uh, Emmy, or, sorry, not Emmy, Emily, so sorry, Emily mm-hmm. uh, Baglarian writes in and says, I've been following along with y'all this season, but have finally remembered to chime in with some feedback. By the way, hooray for Strange Indeed returning to its flagship show. Thank you. Uh, I love this show so much that it pains me to critique it, but the Hopper and Russia storyline is like slow torture to me. It feels so dragged out. Reunite him with Elle already. In general, I found myself having low patience for the separate storylines this season. I feel like Stranger Things is at its best when the groups come together and work together, and I feel like they're really making us wait for it this season. Also, am I the only one worried about Dr. Owens? I know we have some concerns about him working with Dr. Brenner this season, but hated seeing him him handcuffed to a pipe and beaten up. But I'm glad Elle can be reunited with Mike and her brothers in general. I'm really nervous about Steve and company's plan for defeating Vecna. I feel like they are insanely out of their league, and I'm worried that a beloved character or two may not make it. But hopefully everyone comes together uh, in the final episode in typical Stranger Things fashion to save the day. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Now, I think we've mentioned a couple of times where, me personally, I'll speak for myself, sorry, that I, I wish the Russia storyline moved on just a little bit faster. Yeah. Um. Totally get that. So I, I totally understand your feelings. I don't think you're out of the realm. And I'm worried for Dr. Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's good because, yeah, I mean, Sullivan's me still there. You know, Dr. Owens was still mm-hmm. there. Sullivan's still there. That's not a good, I don't have good feelings about that. So thank you, Emily. It's so nice to hear from you again. It's been a while. So thank you so much for writing in. Yeah. All right. The next one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. Always can rely on her to come through. I love Hell it. yeah, Lindsay. <laughs> says, so I know the Demogorgon is really strong, but it can just withstand unending machine gun fire from four guns without even one visible wound. And yet one bullet from Hopper's gun easily killed the one on the table. And what was that swirly dust thing? I think I'm forgetting something. Well, I don't know. We had some thoughts. Let us know what you think on that. (laughs) She also says the scene in the car with Mike and Will was very sweet and sad. I'm glad we finally got to see the painting and I'm glad it didn't end up being some weird love portrait of Mike. I feel so bad for Will, but the one positive for him is I think he'll have a good support system no matter what in his friends, Joyce, and most specifically, Jonathan. That look in the rearview mirror was everything. Mm-hmm. Made me appreciate Jonathan again. I'd kind of forgotten how sweet he is. Anyone notice in Nancy's description of Vecna's vision that Vecna didn't bother to show her dead Ted? Only her mom, Mike, and Holly. Even Vecna knows. Ah, fucking Ted. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know the 80s were different, but could could a bunch of children really buy all of this crap? Could you just freely purchase grenades and shotguns with no rules? Actually, this is America. 80s are not. I suppose you can buy anything you want. Scary thought. There are way too many damn sentimental moments in this episode. Lucas and Erica, Steve and Nancy, Steve and Robin, Eddie and Dustin. It's made me almost too tense, like I'm avoiding the last episode. Lucas feels pretty safe to me, but Eddie and Steve do not, particularly Steve. Killing Steve will be similar to Glenn for me. I'll never stop watching the show, but it would taint future episodes for me. I just can't imagine losing Steve now. Bye, Papa. Won't miss your sorry ass. <laughs> Glad Eleven didn't give in and forgive his bullshit. Pretty cool to watch her bring the helicopter down. This episode felt very much like everything revving up for a crazy finale. I don't think my heart can take this. As always, Lindsay, you know yeah. just the words to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> just all the agreeing. So much agreement from me on everything you said. Yep. Thank you so much, Lindsay. <laughs> that was great, as always. Next one's from Don Elizabeth. She says, this is, uh, sorry, there is so much going on in these final episodes, and I'm enjoying all of it. I thought the music in this one was really good, and I don't usually even notice the soundtracks. I have a strange relationship to music, which is why I haven't given you my Vecna song. But I thought these songs were very prophetic, and it makes me worry about, or worry for our people. I feel like they were saying goodbye to each other in not so many words. I like the reunions, Hopper and Joyce, Elle, Mike, and Will. I do think that Will is in love with Mike and the scene in the van when Will was telling Mike about how people being different is scary. He was talking about himself. The picture he had drawn with Mike as the heart of the group shows how special Mike is to him and especially him crying after. I was getting tired of Jonathan being such a stoner, but hopefully we've seen the last of that. That glimpse back, I think he will be supportive of his brother. I keep wishing that Will would talk to Robin. She would be someone he could confide in. I love the camper getaway scene. The scene where Elle brought down the helicopter was great. Brenner undid the collar, but when he told Elle that all he wanted was to help her, what did he mean, really? I'm glad that she was gentle with him and yet walked away. But we didn't actually see him die. He just sort of went limp. So I'm not convinced that he won't show up again. I thought the shot of him lying on the desert ground with the camera spinning around was great. As usual, I have too much to say, so we'll stop here. Thank you, Don. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. This one is from Greg Schwamm. Excited to see what he says here. I was like, do I try to do my best Greg voice? I was like, nope, could never do it justice. Um, <laughs> it is quite unique. That's he says, after Greg. such a – yeah – after such a crazy episode seven, this one felt like a little of a calmer episode, even though a bunch of crazy shit happened. My point is, I'm sending feedback so I can watch the finale. How shitty is that? I don't have the inclination to talk about what a douche Brenner was, and that he got everything he deserved, or how badly I felt for Paul Reiser's character, or what a badass L has become. I mean, I don't even care about how frustrating it is to see the Hopper and company are still in fucking Russia. I just want to watch the goddamn next episode. I don't want to talk about all the awesome 80s horror references, like the Michael Myers mask, or the trope of the stupid jock at the gun store. Why? Why? Why do you guys do this to me? I just want to see what the fuck all these memes about songs I don't want mention in case of spoilers are about. Especially the one about, spoiler deleted, doing their best. Spoiler deleted impression. <laughs> I leave you with my version of Jay's epic email from Jay and Silent Bob straight back. All you strange indeed motherfuckers are going to pay. You're the ones who have to wait. I'm going to watch the finale while you watch and cry like little bitches. Once I watch the finale and find out what's going on with this shit, I'm going to cheer and cry and be depressed it's over. And I'm going to shit out those feelings, make the internet eat those feelings, then shit out those feelings that are made up of my feelings that I made it eat. Thank you, strange indeed motherfuckers. We are next. Love, Greg. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Only Greg. 
right? <laughs> that was so great. Thank you, Greg. Uh, next, we have some feedback from Wendy. She says, Stranger Things, uh, I'm finally caught up to the podcast. Uh, I've been loving your coverage. What a great season so far. I'm filled with anticipation, scared to lose any of our heroes. I especially love the story arc in Russia. The Hopper-Joyce reunion was everything. So you got some folks enjoying that storyline. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. it's okay. All right. We got some emails. This first one from Anwen says, Hey, guys, I'm not sending a voicemail this week. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just so used to hearing the voicemails. I was like, I got to go into the voice. No, um, she says, hey, guys, I'm not sending a voicemail this week because I find myself quite speechless after this episode. It was truly amazing and a perfect setup for the finale. I had friends tell me I would want to go straight into episode nine, but I really appreciate the time to digest it all. Big standout moment for me was Will giving the painting to Mike. I loved that what the caller last week predicted about Will coming out to Mike. What it, what, when it didn't, huh, I can't, I'm getting tongue tied here. <laughs> While it didn't happen quite the way I thought it was so beautifully portrayed with Will opening up to Mike about the concept of feeling different. And the twist was that Jonathan was watching and listening. And I think he understands what Will is really saying, even if Mike doesn't. I don't think Mike took the subtleties of the subtext as he was very focused on L. What do you think? I don't know if they will take that any further or not. There is so much more to cover. Enjoy the last episode, everyone. And when. I don't know if we'll <laughs> get there or not. Um, yeah. But I definitely don't think Mike picked up on it at all at the hints Will was dropping. Uh, I don't know. Very sad scene, though, for me. Very moving. Thank you, Anwen. All right. Next email we have is from our good friend Daphne, also Peek's other podcast co-host. She says, hi, Rima and Peek. Wow, my heart. We finally see Will's painting. Timing was perfect and the scene was so emotional. Watching Will explain how Elle had commissioned it and the reasoning behind it was so sweet. With everything going on, it's easy to forget that they are teenagers going through the usual teenage angst and insecurities. Based on Will's heartfelt explanation, I think he could have easily painted this on his own for Mike because at the very least, it's obvious he really cares about his best friend. But it could be something much deeper. It's complicated because the 80s were a more conservative time. What Nancy sees from Vecna to report to Eleven are worse than anything Freddy Krueger ever showed Nancy on Elm Street. Nancy is always so strong and in charge, so this was the opposite. I did, however, love how she didn't back down to Jason when getting the gun. I love seeing Eleven reunite with Mike and Will and have to, and have to believe we'll see everyone all back together to fight Vecna. I'm just not sure how that will work given they're so far away. But it's TV and anything is possible. I'm also still wondering how everyone will fit in Yuri's cracker box heliplane as well as how we'll be able to fly more than 20 feet looking forward to hearing what you guys think that is so great thank you daphne Mm -hmm. got hers in the nick of time okay we did manage to get a voicemail this week from our good friend steve um he says this one could be a little long so we'll see here all right, let's see about Steve's lengthy email, voicemail. 
Hello, Reman Paik. This is Steve, and this is going to be for uh, Stranger Things Episode 8, Season 4, fe- four, three, whatever we're in. Uh, but I just I haven't finished the podcast yet for Episode 7, but I have to just say I really love all the love for Steve because I get to hear everybody say how much they love Steve. <laughs> okay, on to Episode 8. This looks like he's picking up right where 7 left off. Oh, the actor playing Tiny L. Wow, really good. Oh, okay, with Nancy, Vecna can not only show her the memories, he can manipulate the memories. Oh, this one's called Papa. And yes, I realize it's Matthew Modine, not Rob Lowe. Uh. And they had a funeral for Hopper, and everybody showed up. <laughs> All right, and we're back with the road trip crew. Oh, oh, Mike's the heart of the crew. <laughs> I absolutely love Paul Reiser. Not ominous at all. Okay, so Nancy made it out. I remember that. Um, and Steve. And she's talking about the gates. They got to close the gates. <laughs> what are we calling him now? One, Henry, Vegna. Yeah. Oh, Max is willing to be bait. But then she's like, try not to miss. I love that she included Dustin, some explosive that Dustin was going to create in there. In that little monologue. Great monologue by Max, by the way. So back with Hopper and his crew. So they got out of the prison and they got back to their van. Whoa. Antonov. Is that his name? With the chilling uh, threat there to Murray. Yuri. Yuri. Whoa. Freddy with the... Freddie's name with the Michael Myers mask. Eddie? <laughs> Harrington's driving. You got it, big boy. And now the Credence is playing. Yeah. Get that RV. This is a very Luke Skywalker moment for Elle making the choice to go save her friends or stay and train. Oh, James Taylor, Fire and Rain. Great song. Yeah, Steve, you have practice taking care of kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of this jumping between storylines, but I loved that bit there in the, the hangar. But now we have uh, the kids in the war zone. <laughs> this is so Nina, a small woman, little Nina from the boys in the middle of watching that and we're covering our panels of pixels. Uh-oh, looks like the bad guys have found Nina. Oh, okay, not the bad guys, the real bad guy, Dr. Bremer. Oh, what did he just stick her with? You are correct. Cutting the barrel off a shotgun is a felony. It's going to be so tough to not go on to episode nine when this finishes. I've gone long, but there's like 20 minutes left in this in this episode. Conversation between Robin and Steve, though, ugh, broke my heart. The, the one there at the camper, if I didn't, it's, if that wasn't obvious. That ended with the toast to killing Vecna slash Henry slash one. Helicopter gunners are no joke, man. Those guys have like very specific training shooting from a helicopter. Of course, it's not going to help against Al. Okay, she took down that helicopter and her nose is barely bleeding. She's back. The Mike and Elle reunion. Oh, I'm getting choked up just watching it. Oh. Oh. How many lives does uh, Matthew Modine have? We're going to find out. Oh, and the episode's ending with Journey Separate Ways. Oh. Wow. Fantastic. (laughs) I loved that journey, Steve. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. That was great. I'm leaving all of that in there. Thank you so much for uh, sending that in. I I think I've already got his feedback for nine. So I think he he was just ready. He was ready to keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's it's coming down to it, guys. Uh, I'm interested to see how much uh-huh. we get for the for the finale because I I feel like some people might be waiting till the very end to just give like just yeah like flush it all out right and just 
purge it all out, all their feelings about the entire season. So I don't know. We'll see. Thank you all mm-hmm. so, so much for writing it. It's been so great hearing from all of you. Uh, well, we are excited for you to follow us to Hawkins, Indiana. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Make sure to go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of great podcasts, so if everyone remembers, because I know I talked about it quite often, Better Call Saul, uh, the second half, last six remaining episodes. That mid-season premiere. (laughs) I mean, I'm still pretty shaken up. To be honest. Uh, so that returned last night. I'll be recording tomorrow with Jason. Uh, and I, I I, think David is back. I, I, I know David was going to have to miss um, an episode or, or so. I think maybe there was a vacation. I could be misspoken. Anyway, we're, we're someone, we're all recording um, tomorrow on that. So <laughs> be sure to check out uh, you know, that podcast on podcastica.com, The Better Call Saul cast uh we've only got six episodes y'all in this final half and if you're a fan of that show it's pretty damn amazing so um be sure to check check that out we would love to hear from you and while we're speaking of great podcasts make sure to check out pake and daphne in their podcast called run for your lives do you have anything you want to tease for us this week yeah, I am super excited for this week. Uh, we are covering the movie adaptation of my favorite book from my favorite author, uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, based off of the novel of the same name by M.R. Carey. It is a very unique spin on the zombie genre tale a little bit. It's it's really special. Um but yeah, my favorite author, I've read literally everything he's put out, <laughs> own everything awesome. he's put out under that, you know, Go with all the gifts was his first under you know that he did some comic book work and stuff under I think like Mike Carey, but since he's been doing this M.R. Carey author writing these novels, um, it's just incredible. And so the movie he wrote the screenplay and the book at the same time, so it's wow. very much his flavor, his feel on there. So the movie's great. Uh, we had a great time talking about it, and we might have some special feedback from. Somebody special indeed. So uh, That's so cool. I, I'm really excited for that. So yeah, definitely check that out. And if you have seen it, if you've read the book, seen the movie, either or, give us some feedback over there. Hit us up at uh, all the places you can find Run For Your Lives podcast.com, Run For Your Lives podcast at gmail.com on Facebook. Find us. Give us some feedback, thoughts. I'm excited for that one to come out. If anything, just check it out. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% believe that. That's great. Well, for us, uh, our next episode will be Stranger Things, Season 4, Episode 9, the season finale. That's it. Season finale. We're here. Uh, Chapter 9, The Piggyback. I have no idea what that's going to mean. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine when they don't give us a spoiler in the title, so I appreciate that. But I'm very curious as to what that is in reference to. Yeah, at least it's not like Chapter 9, the one where Eleven dies. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, 
you know, I get it. They, I don't know what their reasonings are when they do that, but whatever. I'm, 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 I'm glad there's no context to that, so I don't have a clue what that means. Right. But I'm very anxious to find out. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And Alicia Celsius is strange indeed.